You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul notes that the phrase spiritual life is nowhere to be found in the Bible, which speaks instead of life bestowed by the Spirit. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. My book is written, remember, is more important than the oral whatever. It is written because you can see through your ears. You hear it. And that is my take on the importance of the sea animals as examples. And in my book, I push this to the extreme so that I can prepare for the New Testament. Because, as I said repeatedly, Scripture is interested in all the nations, and more specifically with the nations, the peoples that are afar, which is the Japhethites, which are the people that are ultimately addressed. In my book, I point out how the three brothers are introduced as Shem, Ham, Japheth, but then the author begins with Japheth as though he is the main person of interest for the author. And I was struck in my latest reading, and I included that in my most recent book, when he moves to Shem, he introduced him, although Shem technically is supposed to be the eldest, I mean the number one, is introduced as the brother of Japheth, which is extremely striking. And this will become a very important issue, which I discuss in detail in my book, that ultimately the disciples of the ultimate emissary of God were fishermen. So, they were dealing with them men as though they were fish in the ocean. But, obviously, we'll need another session for that when we get to it. Now, Richard Benton may be antsy to ask me a very small question that will need three hours to answer. So I'm asking him not to do that. So that's my take regarding the importance of the sea animals, the way they are dealt with in Scripture. Okay, again, I spend a lot of time in the book showing that items per se are neither good or evil. The fruit of the trees are not good and evil. It is your eating 
of the fruit of the tree that is good or evil as established by the decision of God. So you don't say, but I know people made it up, but it has become common that they eat the apple, Adam and Eve. But our doctors today tell us that an apple a day keeps the doctors away. Yeah, it keeps the doctor away, but it doesn't keep God away. <laughs> That's the trouble. So whether it's apple or plum or whatever. And I would like to pick up one of the points I discussed in my book with the Ruach, the Pnevma, which is always technically positive in our theology. And don't tell me, no, it is so. I'm filled with the Spirit. It's always positive. Only Tarazi used to say in the classroom, my dear friend, if you are filled with the Spirit, you should be strewn around, shattered, because it's a mighty wind, and the students say, no, 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 I'm talking about the Orthodox Spirit. But that's not the way Scripture does. So I would like to concentrate more specifically on that point, the Pnevma, the Ruach, and point to you how the same rule applies to the New Testament, which is totally misread in theology because the Spirit of God is always positive. It does the good. And let's go for the real central texts that we hear in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. It is actually reported that there is immorality, which is pornea, the talk, sin, the revolt against God among you, and of a kind that is not found even among pagans. For a man is living with his father's wife, and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. And please, let's listen carefully, because it's earth-shaking even in English. But then I'm going to appeal to the Greek. For though absent in body, I am present in spirit, or rights. And as if present, I have already pronounced judgment. This is the Greek kekrika, the pass from the verb kreenin to judge. It is unbelievable. So he's not asking him to gather and take a vote as we Christians like to. The Holy Synod of the Holy Church decided, forget about it. The decision is already made by the Apostle and he's asking them to meet together and hear his decision through the letter that he had wrote to them. So when he wrote the letter, the judgment was already issued. That's why he uses the past. Kekrika. In the name of the Lord Jesus. So it's not I, Paul. Clear link between the Spirit and the Lord Jesus. On the man who have done such a thing, when you are assembled, and my Spirit is present, with the power of our Lord Jesus, 
you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction, the Greek is orethron, I will comment on that, of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. This is what I call punishment unto correction so that you would be saved from the punishment unto destruction which happens at the end and this is taken up again in the chapter about the Eucharistic gathering in chapter 11. You could check on that and the play on the verb Kino and so Paul's spirit is none other as the spirit of God as he points out later in 740. According to which he emits his authoritative apostolic judgment said he alone is the spiritual man who judges anacrini all things but is himself to be judged anacrinity by no one and here again the orthodox play their game you know spiritual i'm the spiritual man and my spiritual father and now in the letter it's very clear that paul is the only spiritual man because a few verses later he refers to the Corinthians as fleshly and non-spiritual. So let's not play games. The same spirit, Hebrew Ruach, the Pnevma of God, bestows salvation and life on the one hand, but also on the other hand, brings about all a throne, destruction, ruin, death. In chapter 5, verse 5, which I read, a little bit earlier. This noun is found in 1 Timothy in parallel with Apollia, which is the technical word for destruction and perishing from the verb Apollime, to perish. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into snare, into many senseless and hurtful desires that plunge men into ruin, polythron, and destruction. Apollia. Apollime occurs in Jonah as the translation of the Hebrew Abad, perish. So the spirit, the Ruach, I mention here Jonah because you have the waters. And the mariners were afraid that they would perish. But the waters are waving because of the mighty wind which is the Ruach. And unfortunately all this is eliminated in the translations except perhaps for the Latin where the connection is more intimate. Which means, and here I'm quoting another Pauline text, the Spirit of God works unto life conditionally. Recall earlier my talk on the flood, unless the human beings and the land animals behave like the sea animals, there will be no hope for them. So a change has to be made in their behavior. But let's hear it again in the New Testament, Romans 8, 1-4. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The Baptists love to quote that verse, but they stop there. 
For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. And notice the ending. In order that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit so you have to walk according to the spirit not that the spirit is in me then there is no condemnation and he says this also in Galatians as you know in chapter 5 and this is a reflection, uh, an echo of Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28. And we have to behave according to the will of God. And notice the temptation that made the human beings in Eden not behave according to the will of God is presented very astutely, and I discuss this in more detail in my book, more so than in my previous The Rise of Scripture, where the tempter, the snake, is presented as Hayat Hasadeh, a living creature of the field, meaning from among Kol Hayat Hasadeh, all the living creatures of the field that the Lord God fashioned out of the ground in 2.19 in a similar way as he had fashioned the human being in verse 7. And this is how I solved the dilemma created by theology and philosophy. How could Eve converse with a snake? Well, the snake and Eve are a projection of your translations and your theology. But in the text we have a Hayat Hasadeh which is precisely one of the animals which are precisely like the human beings made from the Adama. So here again, let's forget about faith-seeking reason and reason-seeking faith. And again and again and again, Augustine and theology and so on. Europeans like that, you know, they like to mingle faith and reason so that they would build their academia and universities and publish books and debate and so on. Nothing of the kind is in Genesis chapter 3. Says who? I mean, obviously the people will say this is what Father Paul is saying. No, it is what the Bible is saying. And to confirm that later, we shall hear how in the parable of Nathan to King David, he speaks about the animal, the you, as being the daughter of the poor shepherd. Okay, you have a oneness of situation. And again, uh, you know, I'm towards the end of the race, so don't call upon me, don't send me emails, don't call me, don't ask me questions. All your questions I have answered in the 25 books, including the latest that I wrote. If you don't find your question, then conclude that you're making it up. 
it came to your mind because you were reading the newspaper or you were reading a book of theology or another commentary on the Bible. No commentary on the Bible is like my commentaries on the Bible. The methodology is totally different. And I would like to say this again and again. But that's my take regarding the good and the bad, the positive and the negative, and so on. It is the decision of God that makes things what they are. And in my book, I discuss in detail how there is a play between four words, nefesh, hayim, ruach, and neshama, where the movement can be from a soft breeze that God breathes in the nostrils. Can you imagine when he breathed his spirit in the nostrils of man? You must be kidding. If he's pleased in the there would not have been a human being. He had to breathe a soft breeze in the nostrils. The text is very important. You see this in detail in my book, how nostrils are repeated in chapter 2 and then in chapter 7 and chapter 8. The breath of life comes through the nostrils, not through the theological heart of the mystic. No, it's through the nostrils. Okay? There is no, as I discuss in detail in my book, there is no spiritual life. It doesn't exist, that phrase, in the Bible. There is the life bestowed by the Spirit. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network. 